Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Urvachets. Over underrated. Over underrated. I'm on the train. I can't complain. Why not? Because we are going back around the UK to Greater Manchester today. Choo choo. We're not there alone. We have a special guest, Matt Latham from Picadisc, and we're going to be discussing the Cortinas and We Are Performance. I've been let back into the country. I don't know how that's possible. I don't have a British passport and I haven't quarantined. But I'm here now with my friends Fran and Matt, and I hope you enjoy our discussion of two great or not great Manchester bands today. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. Still in lockdown, still buzzing. How are you doing, Fran? I am doing fine. I have been vaccinated. Jealous. I will let people know I am under six years of age. I work in social care, so I had a little sneaky way through. How's Bill Gates hanging out in your body? Bill Gates is loving me. Have you got Clippy on your shoulder, <laughs> giving you instructions? But I was one of Boris's little brave boys, and I'm, I'm ready to be free in the summertime to maybe go and see some bands we're talking about this season. Who knows? Yeah, I, I see you posting about bands and festivals a lot, and I'm I'm just not allowing myself to go there just yet, especially because I'm in Belgium. It's much slower here. They're talking about, you know, events with 50 people and stuff like that, but even that, I'm like, if I can see a person playing guitar outside, I think that's going to be enough. There's two festivals in a 30-mile radius of me. And I have them down, penciled in. I'm not going to pay any money. I'm not going to buy any, any accommodation. But those are the ones I may go to, you know, whether, I know, whether or not we can in August. But they're in your fighter facts. They are, yeah, yeah obviously. My fighter facts is always <laughs> by my side. We're not alone today, are we, Babs? We are not alone. We have a guest who has the fantastic podcast, Pick a Disc, which I've guested on. Welcome to you, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? You're based in Birmingham, I believe. Can you tell from the accent? Um, yes, I am. Thank you. Yes, um, it's been yeah, it's okay at the moment. Um, ticking by. I think things look gradually going in the right direction. Fingers crossed. So I'm cautiously aware of festivals starting up again. But um, I did buy a gig ticket where apparently there's music gets played live, and you're allowed to be in a room with people playing music. And you buy and you, you pay money to be given access to see this. And I did that a couple of weeks ago for something happening in October, which I'm so I'm looking forward to this strange alien concept. What is that? I'm sorry, you're going to have to describe it in more detail. That's yeah, so yeah, so apparently, yeah, so apparently, the so these things that this music thing that we listen to is actually created by people. And there's <laughs> yeah, and apparently, and apparently, it's possible for them to actually be played by living people live in front of you and you can pay money to see it and i'm like wow so i'm going to i'm hoping that i get to see that this year so i mean october seems a bit more feasible i would say than august although yeah i guess i don't know in belgium the summer the summer numbers were pretty low i don't know how it was in the uk but uh who knows as you're vaccinating away um you might get there before we do i don't care <laughs> if it's a one guy with a guitar in a field I'm sure I'm going to see one live concert this year. I, 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 I said this on a podcast recording that I did on Saturday. I don't care if it's 
a, a guy on an acoustic guitar doing bloody Ed Sheeran covers. I can't wait to go and see someone on a guitar playing it and getting really annoyed that I'm watching someone playing Ed Sheeran covers and leaving. And then I can't wait to do that again. <laughs> right. So that's your, yeah, that's what you hate most about gigs. I can't wait to go and watch a slightly hipster band uh, where the crowd is totally indifferent because they're only there to be posers and get angry because I want to get to the front and actually move to the music. I can't wait for that. What about you, Fran? To be fair, every single prick will be taking as many photographs of their first gig post lockdown. So yeah, you just ruined it for me. <laughs> I can just imagine those you know, 50 year old guys getting excited and getting stitched after the second song and then having to leave. That's what I can imagine. Just loads of people getting too drunk and too excited and then being fucked for the rest of the week. <laughs> as, as someone whose um, personal uh, Instagram account usually is like very crap gig photos as being like a uh, as a chronicle of gigs and stuff i mean to the point if this was not lockdown if i've gone if i have if i have gone this long without any live music being posted or a photo a very crap photo uh fan photo being posted onto my instagram i would have had at least several interventions so uh <laughs> i can't i can't i can't wait to be that annoying person i mean i only ever do it like once or two, like for like a, yeah. like during a song and stuff and i can't wait to be to annoy someone behind me going put your phone down same i used to be like a total purist i used to be like i'm not taking a fucking photo i'm not taking any photos but now i'm like okay i will take one when the lights look good at the beginning and then i don't have to think about it again just to have as a kind of you know ed memoir to to, to have it because yeah it is quite nice when you look back at the shitty quality with the light you know what we would all give to to be back there but thankfully we have podcasts in the meantime to keep yeah. us entertained yeah. am i right <laughs> podcasts what are they <laughs> well that's another story yeah. <laughs> but yeah so matt so despite you being from birmingham today we are talking about a different british city and it is greater manchester now fran made me emphasize that it's greater manchester can you please explain why fran well because we're doing the cortinas who are from middleton not Manchester, although many would assume they were from Manchester. And for our Undroids, we're doing a band that Matt is introducing us, and that band is... We are performance slash performance, depending on which part, which which point in their discography year. Actually, no, it was no, actually, it was performance, then it was we are performance, and then it was performance. But uh, I'll probably go into reason why a bit later on. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued uh, to find out. So so yeah, we had to be very specific because obviously they're not. It's not in a Manchester. It's it's Greater Manchester, and I guess that gives us a reason to then do a Manchester episode later on. So fair enough. Um, it turns out I found out when discussing this episode with friends that I've been pronouncing the Cortinas wrong literally all this time, <laughs> and no one has corrected me. I was calling them the Cortineers, and Fran was like, "Barbara, if we're going to record a podcast, you're going to have to learn how to pronounce their name correctly." And I was like. I think we've got a point there, Fran, but uh, but yeah, that's who we're discussing today. And yeah, let's start with the overrated 14. Overrated. So Fran made this playlist because I have to say, I, there's someone I kind of, they're a band I kind of forgot about. Um, so when we were discussing to make the playlist of kind of their, their worst songs. I was like, genuinely, I would have to discover them for the first time, really, to, to find out more. So Fran, take it away. What was your reasoning? Well, I mean, there's a few bands I could have discussed. Everything, everything could have been in there. But, no. but, <laughs> but the Cortinas are a band who I've noticed can fill 
arenas, they get similar attention to like Oasis and Stone Roses. And to me, they are just another indie band. Like they seem like, you know, when you go and see a mate's band and they're slightly good, like they've got, they've got a couple of okay songs, but because they're not dog crap, you go, oh, wow, they're really good. The Cortinas seem to be that band. Like they have some okay songs, but he can't really sing, and they're pretty average at playing guitars. And then they're now playing to like thirty thousand pe- people in like Manchester. I just, I've never, it's never made sense to me because obviously I'm into indies. So it's a genre I like, and I just hear them. And I'm thinking, how, why, like, how are they better than like The View or a number of other bands from the noughties? I've never ever got it. So I've made a playlist, and I even found a Cortinas hardcore fan and asked them to help me make the playlist. So we've got a mix of like, I think album tracks and singles, old and new, to chat about and discuss if I'm wrong. If are they overrated? I'm sure we'll find out. <laughs> I want to hear, what was the process for tracking down the Cortina fan? Who were you stalking on the internet? <laughs> There's two or three people who always bang on about um, the Cortinas. And one of them has a Liam Frey cutout in, in their bedroom. So I thought, right, if I go to them, <laughs> <laughs> rather than me having to go through six albums I thought if I go to them and say if you were having to choose a Cortina song which you have a beef with which would you choose so they uh, they helped me out okay very good well thank you on mystery Cort- Cortina's fan I nearly mispronounced it again um so yeah as I said they kind of passed me by the the St Jude album cover is is quite recognizable that was that's a very nice piece of artwork I think but listening to the playlist, I don't think I knew any of the songs, actually. Like, there was a tinge of familiarity because of the kind of music that it was. Because, yeah, I'm also a fan of indie music. I also went to many an indie disco. But uh, I went into this thinking I'd find their songs quite forgettable. But I actually was quite surprised at the variety. Um, and I'm also surprised at how many people listen to them. Because I think, Fran, I wouldn't have believed you when you say that they play to such big crowds. But I checked. They have almost 900,000 listeners a month which is a lot. So, so yeah, that was my relationship with the, with the Cortinas. How about you, Matt? Um, yeah, this is probably the first time I've ever listened to them <laughs> during this thing. So, I mean, um, trying to find a kind of overrated band anyway, I, I struggled because I like to think that I'm mainly positive or anything I don't like, I don't listen to them that often. Um, but I think particularly in the kind of mid to late noughties, um, in kind of the indie boom, at that point, I discovered MySpace and basically suits and kind of this is going to make me sound really pretentious and it's not. I really, I, I really promise you, um, I kind of avoided a lot of kind of what was popular because like, um, yeah, 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 not pretentious, <laughs> not sounding pretentious at all. Um, basically just looking for music on MySpace uh, and just being and because I always I found it more rewarding finding something online. And I kind so I kind of missed a lot of the kind of bigger bands that kind of blew up around that time and stuff. And I ended up, and a few and a lot of them I still think go into the kind of the landfill indie, which is not which is a bit an unfair term an unfair term for most for the most part, and quite quite accurate in other parts. Um, and it's bands and sort of bands around this era um, that I've, with similar soundings that I ended up liking. Um, the Wombats, I think I ended up discovering about five years after the debut came out. Maxime Park, I think it was 2014 before I even started listening to them. Around the same year, I discovered um, a friend of mine finally got me onto White Lies, which they were, and the Cortinas remind me actually quite a lot 
very sim very similar to White Lies, if perhaps slightly more indie um, than perhaps synth, Dark Synth of them. Uh, so yeah, so I kind of missed a lot of the bigger bands and stuff. So I mean, if um, if the Cortinas punched me in the face, I wouldn't know it was the Cortinas that punched me in the face. Um, that's how much I don't know the the other stuff. And but I, hopefully, that's not how the playlist made you feel. <laughs> But say, yeah, I, I'd never really listened to any of these songs before. And considering I've been to the few odd indie disco in the past as well, I, I would have thought at least I would have recognised mm. at least some of them. But, I mean, um, the one I thought I would have recognised reading into them afterwards, I mean, I'm surprised I've never heard Not 19 Forever before. Yeah, same. I am generally surprised. <laughs> that, cause, yeah, yeah, considering how, considering the, the amount, of, it's like the most played on Spotify by at least three times over the, three or four times over the next one. It sounds like something I probably would have listened to, perhaps while drunk, um, <laughs> while while drunk and staring at staring at projectors and stuff. But I, I won't. Can I ask you about how old you are? Because basically, in two thousand and eight, when their debut came out, was my last year of uni. So I wonder whether that had an impact because, like you know, I wasn't going out as much to the indie discos because I was studying and all that. And then not long after that, I kind of I moved back home, and then I moved to London where I couldn't afford to go out and stuff like that. So I wonder if if that had an effect on me because from 2005 to 2007 I feel like I knew everything in a way that was going on so yeah are you how are you older or younger than me let's find out Drum mother up. um 85 I was born so ah, okay. my, my, my last year of university was uh 2008 as well I wasn't really into music as much as perhaps I am now um mainly because I didn't really go and see much live music I mean uh and again again considering how much <laughs> and considering how much I, I usually go out to see gigs and stuff um i i aside from going to see steps with my mom dad and sister as part of my sister's uh second gig his, <laughs> second gig was steps yeah, yeah. It was my, my my yeah i've got three first gigs uh so i've got there was steps there was steps then i think i saw the killers in 2004 in like carlin academy 2 and i'm look i can i've got the tickets still in front of me and it was seven quid to see the killers um <laughs> Right. And and um, those tournaments, the bright sides, I saw them in two thousand four, and it was five and a half years um, before I went to my next gig. Um, and I was twenty, yeah, and I was I just turned twenty four um, in two thousand nine. So I yeah, so I a lot of teenage gig going I missed out on. Um, so I I didn't really get into kind of the live music scene. I was much more um, sit there and watch as many tv shows as possible kind of person because of the because of the kind of stuff I listened to online anyway. It was stuff that I was finding like that. I mean. I think around that time or just before it was deep in my Scandinavian synth rock phase. Oh, Fran. So bands like, so uh, the sounds are like one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, there's a band called Briskaby from Nor Norway. Um, so Sahara hot nights. Uh, there was a Dutch band, Krezip uh, uh, as well. That, that kind of, that was kind of band. So I was, so pretty much I was into stuff that I perhaps wouldn't have actually been able to go see anyway. So you're into um, stuff that no one else was, right? So yeah. you're doing apart, your own apart thing from and me. into your bands. <laughs> oh yeah, but you didn't know each other then, so you know you yeah. couldn't you couldn't connect over that. So. Brisky B used to support a heart as why I named Brisky B. Oh okay, yeah, you're the first person I've ever seen who actually understood who knows Brisky B. I honestly thought I own that. I think it's three albums. Yeah, I think I own three. three yeah, I've got the three. Yeah, so it's jumping jumping on cars. is one of my oh, uh, yeah. one of my top tier albums, and I'll talk about the top tier later on. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite albums of all one of my favorite albums of all time is Jumping on Cars. Um, yeah. And and actually, and so he's dying to say this to you by the sounds, um, I which I've got um, the vinyls I see up on my on my wall at the moment for that as well. So should we start off with our playlist with uh, Not Nineteen Forever, which was their biggest hit when I was working in Zavi, I think in two thousand and eight. This was 
constantly on the playlist. Every time I went to an indie club, they'd be playing this. It didn't really register as being anything particularly amazing. He's got kind of a a booming voice. You know, you know, he's that. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I remember him saying he was like the voice of a generation. I'm thinking, really? Um, it's like just mentioning stuff that could have happened for anyone on a night out. You're not really dismissed. And he has kind of compared himself to dismiss quite a few times. It's, it's yeah. I think this is why he got Stephen Street to produce the album as well. I didn't know that. So yeah, it wasn't a great start. Although you know, if you turn on, put on YouTube and type in this into Heaton Park, you'll see thirty thousand people pretending this is the best song ever written. So maybe it's just me. What do you think, Babs? So yeah, I was really surprised that I just did not know this song because I was also going to indie clubs in two thousand and eight, but I, I really didn't know it. When it started with the keys, I was like, oh, maybe it won't be that bad. But then it launched into it. And then I thought, oh, no, this is the landfill, landfill, indie, landfill indie that we were talking about. Like, it really it really do, didn't do much for me. You were talking about what it was about. I looked at the lyrics and it's creepy as fuck, right? He, he says, all night long, asked you once. I asked you twice. Asked you four times if you'd like to dance to that song. Front crawled the crowd down the stairs. And then I followed you out in the rain. Nowhere to be found. Never mind. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, you know, because he mentions like younger man, older woman. You're like, oh yeah, maybe this is that kind of relationship. And it's like, no, it's just a man being creepy. So the fact that he says that it's- the voice you know, of a generation, guys. Voice of a generation. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And that's the problem. <laughs> and I did check because I was like, sh- surely Cortina's are the kind of band that are in that infamous Vice Landfill indie article. Um, and they are. But the, the person who wrote about it is quite positive. You know, he was saying like, you know, I I really thought it was good um, when I was 16. Now that I'm 28, 19 feels far away. Far enough to listen to a song I was too embarrassed to say that I liked when I was in my early 20s. I guess that's one thing that getting old does to you. You enjoy things without worrying or not whether you should, which I thought was quite interesting because that was like, it, it was very seamster, the indie boom of the mid noughties. So it, it, I thought it was interesting to reflect on that. Um, but yeah, Matt, what did you think? So yeah, again, I was quite surprised that I, never listen no i probably i probably would have listened to it i probably might have listened to it and never realized what it is or never really cared um and it has and it kind of has that part of it but i mean i like the sound of it i mean i'm not 100% sold on the lyrics if i'm honest and i'm much i'm very much a, a lyrics led person when it comes to ah, music ah welcome you are the person we need on this because fran and i barely usually pay attention to lyrics so. oh oh yeah just 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 wait to get to the underrated underrated you'll never have me on <laughs> talking about lyrics again talking about the lyrics of the song as well is that i like the kind of storytelling aspects of it i mean the actual storytelling parks apparently it was about apparently about a 19 year old going like dating a an older woman and then cheating on her or something like that and um again not not your usual kind of like indie indie banger kind of uh subject but which I but mean, also being a total creep that's the like, yes. that was it i'm like if yeah. it was just like oh you know older woman blah but it was like i followed you into the rain but you were nowhere to be found i was like oh you were yeah i mean um the the podcast naughty naughty always have the creep test where can, if you can read lyrics and in a creepy way um so like they do it with pop songs so if you can read the lyrics and it's like i followed you into the show in the rain <laughs> and if you if basically if you start reading songs like that and then you start getting really creeped out while you're doing it then but then again you probably do that with any song i mean touch my bum this is life we are the cheeky girl yeah no it works yeah you can make any song creepy 
<laughs> Touch my bum, absolutely. Yeah. But are we saying are we saying that this is not the greatest song of all time then? Yeah, no, it's 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 not like um probably in the mid fifties probably, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're moving on to lose control. So yeah, I thought this had a really intriguing synthy beginning, and it reminded me of the Killers. It reminded me of uh, of Hooky on bass. So Fran, I was really surprised with this song and a few others. I was really surprised, vaguely knowing your music taste, that you didn't like it. I it wasn't one that I saved to my library, but I did like it. Well, I mean, you can have elements of music alike, but of course, this this sparks like okay, we've had a bit of money now, we can't do just you know. Bits, we can't just do like strum the guitar. We now have to have a keyboard added. So like, you get a keyboard player, guys. It happened to we're gonna we're gonna spend a bit of money and get a keyboard player. But it's still like steak and chips indie. It's it's really um, just basic. Um, and he, again, he bangs on about having a night out. That's literally all he seems to get on about. Is yep, adding that out. I'm one of the lads. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just passed me by. I'm sorry. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a there's a bit of a lack of punch, but. I did kind of like the kind of more synthy elements to this and I quite liked the production and there's probably a reason to that. There's probably a reason to that because uh, the produce, because this uh, it was the first one produced by Joe Cross, who's a name who will come up a bit later on. Um, so I, yeah, and I was listening to this going, yeah, there's, there's parts of it I quite like and I quite like the kind of like synthy saying, but again, it just lacks something and yeah, there's just something missing and I couldn't figure out what it was. This is it, Bob. As you say, it has the elements of music I like but mm. I just, it just misses the craft. Like, there's just nothing well, on a grab hold. There's nothing that sparks my attention. It's, like, it's fine. I mean, I don't hate the band. It's not, it's not a band who will make me cry. I mean, I mean, it's not Bon Jovi. It's not, it's not the Bon Jovi. Well, <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, Bon Jovi. Oh, fuck me. All right, yeah. I think uh, if I if if I compare them to an in kind of. In, uh, I don't know if it's an actual term, but I like to call it, like refer to the indie synth band type stuff. Um, uh, what what another one? That's Tronica. That's Tronica. Like the the one the one that jumps out is kind of like uh, the Wombat, where they can kind of balance between the indie and the synth stuff. But the big key thing I think that is the performance of uh, oh, what's his name Murph, the mm. lead singer, who, and and the very much very self deprecation element of that and he comes across as kind of like a cartoon character at times d- balancing some quite kind of like are you okay kind of self-deprecated lyrics and stuff and i think there's a lack of character i think from uh what's his name is it liam, liam Frey? Yeah. yeah there's there's a lack like kind of lack of a, a character you can't leap leap onto something whereas again maxime al park from the same era paul smith has a you can kind you can tell where he's from you can tell immediately he's from like Newcastle or the the northeast, just by how he sings, and then you see him and he's got the hat on and stuff, and there's a character there that you kind of latch onto, and you kind of get a sense of identity. I mean, two songs in, you just don't get that, considering from the Cortinas. I mean, he's spot on because I, I was going to say that literally, who are the Cortinas? And tonight, Matthew, this is my Libertine song. This is my Snow Patrol song. This is my Kasabian song. It's like, well, who are the Liberty? Who are the Cortinas? Apart from your lyrics, who are you? And like, yeah, I just don't get. I, even the racist, I mean, although they've obviously copied many other bands, they still have a fundamental or racist sound to them. But like, even when I've noticed when he does like interviews and everything, he's constantly covering other people's songs. Like he's embarrassed with his own record collection. Like, cause, oh no, I won't do mine. I'll, I'll do one by James. I'll do one by REM. I do one, you know. And that seems to be what his albums are. It's like, oh yeah, this is that one. 
Oh, he often listened to the um, you know, to um, that band that, that whilst making that single, and I can't find an, anything individual about the Cortinas. Sorry, I've gone off one. And I'm moving. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I absolutely fucking loved it. On, on, a, on, a, on a similar line, I think the test being is that if you listen, if you listen to a band and you can, t- and it's a song that you've not heard before, but you suddenly realise, oh, that's so and so. I that sounds so. I mean, like, uh, like for example, if you. It's kind of rare now, but if you suddenly hear an Oasis song you've never heard before, guaranteed you'll be able to tell either Liam Gallagher or Nile Gallagher because they they you can tell a Liam an Oasis song. But so it's because it's it's basically a Beatles song with like a Manc accent. Um, but it's and again going back to like Maxime Park or the Wombats, you can kind of tell they they've got kind of a unique character. I mean Coldplay, you, could, you I mean you can tell Chris Martin singing, so you can tell it's a Coldplay song. I'm like I've no idea what this song is, but I. Bet you it's, I bet you it's Chris Martin, Shazam. Yes, it is. So yeah, and I I think the Cortinas don't have that. I mean, so like you could you could listen to this and you might not get a Cortina song straight away. So what what I felt with I think I wrote it down for the first four songs. It wrong footed me. So with not nineteen again and lose control. I was very intrigued by the beginning. I was like, oh, this is an intriguing beginning. And then it launches into it. And I was like, oh, but with Vandergraaf, which is the next one, I didn't like the beginning. I did like the verses, but then I didn't like the chorus. So again, it, it felt like lots of different songs in one. And maybe, you know, that is, as you say, like he's just drawing inspiration from a lot of different places and there's no kind of coherent middle. Yeah, I mean, I, I put down... Oh, Cortina's do Snow Patrol. The, the hint of of Kasabian because at the time, obviously Kasabian were getting big and to uh, to steal some of their fans too. He goes on about that he did like a, a writing course at university, and he was a writer before he was into music. So he writes the lyrics first, and that's and I thought, okay, I never I thought I never really bothered to check out the lyrics. So when I was doing this, I was looking at the lyrics of each song, and like what. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, this song because I was like, so Van de Graaff is is a machine, and it's also the Van de Graaff Van de Graaff generator is also a band. So I was like, is it about that? And then I looked at the lyrics, and I'm like, I don't no, it's know. Just a, a word you saw the day before. Boy, that, that sounds good. I just throw it into yeah. a song. Yeah, do you do you agree, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I got this is the one that reminded me of White Lies, and I you get that, <laughs> and so it's like. Um, so it's like the episodes of Friends where you got the one with so-and-so so you got like oh it's the one with the White Lies influence it's the one with the Snow Patrol influence um, we're coming up to one which I I would have sworn would have been an Arctic Monkeys um, <laughs> song got, yeah, yeah which is I coming up I know which one it is yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so again it's like that I mean again, and again I quite like the sound of the that, and I, I, I like the contrast between the verse and the chorus in terms of and it's, it's one that actually kind of stuck with me it, it's the one that stuck with me after listening. So I think out of the playlist, this is the one that kind of earwormed in. So I found myself humming it afterwards. So this is the one that kind of stuck out a lot of them. Interesting. Yeah. So International, the next one was another one where I was like, oh, intriguing beginning. Oh, not so good. But for this one, I did like the lyrics, which I, I have here. You want to talk about cocky? It's like Muhammad Ali, tag team with Rocky, the greatest of all time, a Marquez de Riscal 49. I had to look up what Marquez de Riscal is. It's a Spanish wine. FYI, and I, so we're there. The song did nothing for me, but I was like, okay, like I see, I see what they're trying to do here. And I always enjoy when a band is is writing about topics that aren't you, you, your standard, you know, love, sex, politics. So, uh, so I, I enjoyed that one a bit more for the lyrics. I think this sounded like they were knowing they're going to be playing bigger, bigger arenas. 
and it added the Coldplay drum sound to it, I thought, with this one. And it did feel like, oh, yeah, this is a, this, we need a bigger sound. We need a bigger sound. And people singing international, sort of, you know, it feels like something you'd pump the air for. I can imagine this is a, a pre-gig song to get them going. There's a, uh, we are, well, a performance song called International. And part of me was fully expecting this to end up being a cover. And I was like, and it wasn't. I was like, huh, bit of a shame. And I think I, saw, I, think I kind of psyched myself up for, uh, for a We Are Performance cover. But um, unfortunately not. Over underrated. So Kimberly is see I I put down Libertines, but are you guys saying Arctic Monkey? I'm saying 2220s or Fratellis. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, put, I did. I did say in my thing Libertines slash Fratellis. What about you, Matt? Uh, this is the Arctic Monkeys one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, that's not the, my one then. Okay, interesting. Because I found it quite interesting. So I, I was like. This sounds a bit more raw, a bit fuzzier and stuff. And I and I think this is one of the more earlier songs from the looks mm. of it. I think this was before the first album from what I gather. So I'm assuming this was when they were still trying to find their sound um, or trying to find somebody else's sound to be influenced by, not stolen. Um, yeah, there's a different... <laughs> yeah. We have no money. <laughs> I don't know, people influenced by the time that, but I think it was the case, particularly around 2007, 2008, when that kind of saying was big, because this was a year after the Arctic Monkeys debut album, which name I always forget, um, despite the fact that I've used it on an episode of my podcast. Um, Whatever people say I am, yeah, that's what I'm not. Yes, that? yeah. The one we thought, I, I bet you look good on the dance floor on. Just say the debut, I find that a lot easier. <laughs> the debut. The debut, yeah. And um, it has that kind of like almost Alex Turner vibe to it in terms of delivery stuff and i still don't know how i feel about the arctic monkeys if i'm honest even after all these years <laughs> so yeah this 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 kind of just had that expression on me like i don't know if i like this because it reminds me of the arctic monkeys and i still don't know if i like that album or not it's even got that distorted microphone effect as well isn't it like yeah it's, it's like, yeah, yeah it i really like so i really like this song this was one of my favorite songs and i i really like this rocky asantism i have no issues with them sounding like the 2220s or the Fratellis, like a bit more of this, actually, I would have enjoyed. And yeah, I, w- I wonder always, you know, when it's a sound that they have before. So I think this this song is on the debut album, but it was one of their first singles. Uh, was it that this is maybe what they wanted to sound like, but then they were forced in a different direction? I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, I have no idea um, if more of their material sounds like this, because this is a, a song I was donated so I don't know if this was their, their sound during 2007 and then they made a, a step to a, an, a, into a different direction. Who knows? So the next song, I so here, I thought his... So the song is White Horses. Mm. I thought his voice sounded a lot like Alex, Alex Turner. You know, if you said Alex Turner was singing on this, I would have believed you. It reminded me of The Horrors' last album um, and I felt some hook, hooky bass vibes again. I thought it was okay, but again, didn't connect with it very much. Yeah, it's got bigger riffs. So it sounds a bit like the Foles, um, music-wise, um, but I don't think he has the vocals. <laughs> I love how many bands. Well, like the, yeah, I, I mean, it's you know, I, I make the playlist. So I make the playlists afterwards, right? And basically, any time we mention a band, <laughs> I add it to our playlist, and I'm like, "Fuck me, this one is going to be a long-ass playlist." But there well, we this go. is 24. This is 2014, and that's just after the Foles sort of brought out a third album. And I can just hit that, yeah, that riff. And I, I agree, it does sound like Alex Turner as well. And I put down the lyric, it's there, it's there, it's always, always there, as a standout <laughs> point for me. 
Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Thank you, Liam, indeed. <laughs> what did you think, Matt? I think at this point, I, I still haven't got an idea of what Cortina's identity is, which, I mean, considering this has come from um, the a Cortina superfan, at this point, I mean, there are parts that I like about it, and um, but there still isn't the kind of like a hook. Again, I'm, I'm saying that unique character. I, there's a unique character trait that's missing that just doesn't hasn't hooked me in, and this one kind of just like drifted me by. And man, I feel really weird saying negative stuff about music. That isn't Limp Biscuit. <laughs> welcome, welcome to our world where it's it's like passionate in both directions because yeah. we will defend bands to the death, but then also slag off. Then yeah, then back to old friends libertines i kind of thought bojangles i i wrote for this one i wrote two things this was the kind of jingly jangly indie i thought they would be making so i thought all of the songs on this playlist were gonna sound like this and i felt nothing like i i i felt no emotions positive or negative all i put was um insert alan partridge should gif <laughs> that's all i put for this song yeah <laughs> see i think it's produced by ed buller who produced Swayze, and i put come on ed you can do better than this so shame on your bed. And then we've got um a Debra album now. We've got two in a row. We've got Fallowfield Hillbilly. This song, I felt transported back to a period of time. I felt transported back to the indie clubs I went to at uni without knowing the song at all. Like the 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 sound was completely nostalgic to me. And this one, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I liked it, but it was a nice feeling. I don't feel the need to revisit it again. So Kings of the New Road, which is also from their debut Fran. What did you think? Uh, hello, Kings of Leon. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing today? There's a slight hint, guys. The song's called Kings of the Yeah, Kings of Leon. Hold on. It's quite lame. Um, <laughs> did the person I talk about end up going to France? And did he have a good time? uh see i didn't pay attention to the lyrics i i have to say this was my my tied favorite with kimberly i really enjoyed the drums really enjoyed the bass and the sort of whinnying guitar i enjoyed him howling um and yeah i was really surprised to see that basically two of my favorite songs of theirs were from their debut which i expected to be way more like bojangles like jingly jangly indie i i would love a bit more of this to be honest um yeah i put I'll, I'll read. I'll read verbatim what I've put. I blame the fact that it's got kings in the title, but this reminds me of Molly's Chambers esque Kings of Leon. True. So it reminds me. Yeah. So I, I kind of. It just reminds me of like when Kings of Leon had facial hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, those were the days. I, I love Kings of Leon's first three albums. Um, and nothing. I only know two songs. Again, again, it's they kind of got the. Yeah, I missed a lot of the indie stuff. If it wasn't the Killers, then I probably missed it at that point. So. Um, because I'm a prick, I think the best album's the fourth album. Hi guys. Oh, all right. I like Sex okay. and Fire. I like you too. Oh. Um, anyway. <laughs> did, did you? Were you not for like I was forced to dance to Sex on Fire too much? Who was forced to do this? I really thought sounds like. What I mean is, Sex on Fire came out while I was at uni, oh, okay. and it was on at the you know the club nights that we were going to, and like, every time it would come on, I'd be like. <sighs> Here we fucking go again. So yeah, I I don't like Sex on Fire. I, I think I danced to the bucket the most because I think that was like. I love, yeah, that's that's a much better song. Yeah, to it dance is. To. I love the bucket. Unfortunately, that that was the best song on the album by far. I I have no idea what what the bucket sounds like. So <laughs> I think you might. I think the bucket mm. might be one of those songs that if you listen to it, you might actually know it. I would say. So, okay. Yeah. Go and listen to it and come back to us because yeah, it is. It's quite popular. Don't let the title 
ruin it for you. It's, it's better than a bucket. Is it? Is it a song based on the keeping up appearances? <laughs> is it dedicated? Is it dedicated to Haunted Bucket? I said, yeah. <laughs> it does sample the thing. Bouquet residents. <laughs> does it say the word bucket but pronounce it bouquet? <laughs> Absolutely. If only Kings of Living were even aware of that. It'd be amazing. That. <laughs> that see, that would be a mashup. Can you imagine? Like uh, Sheridan is on the phone. Anyway, it's, to our right. to our listeners in Luxembourg, enjoy that segment. <laughs> and then we're ending sadly. Um, our place in the kitchen where many players have ended um i thought this sounded like a different band i thought they were much slicker much more produced there's a lot going on i didn't particularly like it but fran i was surprised if you didn't like this i thought this would be right off your street you don't know me (laughs) i don't clearly i don't clearly i don't not as well as i'd like I actually quite quite like this. I quite like I like the sound of it. I kind of like how it went, kind of like how it goes, and the co- and I do quite like the chorus as well. Um, the only thing I do have, the only thing I, I think I had an issue with was the actual kind of refrain of "Too much love in this kitchen" is actually very very funny and not that good. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was a bit weak in terms of lyrical con in terms of the lyrics. But um, I do quite like the sound of the. I just I, I like the sound. Of it. it was quite. It was, it was a nice end of the place actually. So. In terms of the balance, I, I mean, if Van de Graaff was the one was like my first favorite, this might be my second favorite in the in the list. So, so you, I like the earlier stuff, and you like the later stuff. It seems it was after the songs when I put "What do you want?" and "What is happening here?" But that's how different its album is. It's like we have no idea what they're going to do until we get them. Go, okay, we're going to be doing this album. But is that a bad thing? I don't think that's a yeah, bad but, thing. But like what Matt was saying earlier, but, but with Maxima Park and Wombats, they can do it but you still know it's the Wombats. I fear that Cortina's completely lose their entire identity per album, and that's not a great thing, is it? Um, but I do like how he says, go on, put the door on the latch. Enjoy that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not heard before, so well done. So what are we thinking? Are we all agreed that they are overrated? Yes. I mean, for bands who can literally, you know, headline arenas and festivals, they do not need... I don't, I don't get how they have... Managed to get that success. I assume it's because Oasis have left the void and they shuffled into it and took over the fan base, maybe. I'd, I'd be interested to hearing um, perhaps more of the fight, like the fan favourites, if there's if there's a, a mixture of them, just to, just to see if it is a case that a few of these are kind of out, the album tracks are a bit iffy, but. I mean, yeah, they're not. I mean, it's it's. Not, I, I part of me was part of me was kind of hoping, um, because of this to have like when I listen to the Wombats or Maxima Park and thinking and having that. Right, I'm gonna have to text my friend that I knew from school saying who listened to these bands in 2007. Yeah, I've just listened to so and so. You were right five years ago, but it, I didn't have that effect. Unfortunately, I was. Yeah, I've I've not had I've not had that kind of impact since Maxima Park about seven years ago. So. Yeah, I think. I think they are overrated, but I I find it really funny, Fran, how I think you seem to be as passionately against them as I was against Oasis. And I I'm not that bothered that they're overrated, you know, like I I didn't really remember them. Listening to them was was interesting, but you know, apart from the the two songs that I like, I probably will never listen to them again. But I think there's there's worse contenders for for overrated indie Bradfield. Um, you know, you mentioned people like the view or little man Tate, like i would really you know rank those as much uh much more overrated <clears throat> than cortinas i would say that are you in love with a nation it's a very vegas song 
and it did make my uh, playlist 2015. So yeah, I'm always there. I'm always there, guys, mm. waiting for Cortina to, to give me a decent song, and it's only happened maybe two or three times. Yeah, but if it's only if it's only best of, then then it's done well, right? Because how many how many are on your best of? Forty. Forty, yeah, that's pretty exclusive. So every now and again they pull it out of the bag. Every now and then. So I don't, I don't hate you guys. I just wish you found your own sound occasionally. <laughs> and didn't steal. <laughs> Be influenced by. <laughs> yeah. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underschätzt. Over underrated. That was the end of the first part. Did you, like me, laugh out loud when you heard how angry Fran was over the Cortinas and Liam Frey? I don't know what he has in for him. Maybe he'll uh, share that in a future episode, what beef he has. Coming up in part two, we are discussing We Are Performance, or Performance, depending on the era. They're one of Matt's favourite bands, and he was really happy to share the whole story. Fran and I were really intrigued to get to know a bit more about them, so we hope you like them too. Underrated. Right, so that was overrated. And now I think we're going to hand over the floor to Matt from Pick a Disc to talk about why he's picked brackets, we are, close brackets, performance as his underrated brand. Take it away. I'm trying to remember when I first discovered uh, performance, and I'm pretty sure it was down to MySpace. Um, and I think down to MySpace around 2007, 2008, uh, when I just used it to try and find find any, anything that I quite liked. And, at, and I think at the time... At the time, I was because I'm a I, I I got a massive soft spot for the Human League, um, and kind of that kind of like synthy uh, synthy noise that's synthy sound and stuff. So I was trying to find kind of like new like new uh, obscure bands that weren't on the right. Oh God, I, I'm deliberately not trying to sound like a pretentious prick if I'm honest. Um, Go ahead, <laughs> please. This is a safe space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to have a, I'm supposed to, like a brand of being nice to people, and I can. <laughs> We're shattering, we're yeah. shattering the illusion. You've come on here and people are going to think you're a... Pro- no, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. We're not popular enough yes. to get death threats. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yes, don't worry. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and I, I can't remember... Because I know kind of... I think MySpace as well had... It tried to have some kind of algorithm in that. It tried to guess what you might be liking and stuff or songs that you put as your profile, as your profile music, which to this day, I still think social media sites still need that. That's the one one thing from MySpace my I really miss is the fact when you go into a random onto someone's uh, profile, it will then start playing a song randomly. You can't see this, but we're all nodding in agreement yes. with Matt. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think for, for ages, "Turn It Up" by Robert and Disguise was one of them, and um, one of the, and the song that's on the playlist was um, also on there as well. And I think I, and I I really wish I had a much more interesting story of how to got how to I found this stuff. But I remember finding their MySpace and just finding, oh, I really like this. Um, I ended up buying the the first album on iTunes, I think around 2008, 2009, um, and just falling in love with it. And to this day, it's one of my favourite albums. Um, I, I mentioned I mentioned the concept of top tier albums, and I've mentioned this I've mentioned this on Pick It Disc ages ago that my at, at some point my top ten albums list has seventeen or eighteen albums in it, and <laughs> and like I just I just uh, gave up counting and stuff. So. Um, yeah, so the first album is like one of my favorite albums of all time. I just fell in love with it. I just fell in love with the the lyrics and stuff. Tried to find as much as I can, 
about them. Which is hard, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got one of the most hard to Google names ever, uh, which, because I think originally they, because originally they were signed to Polydor, I think, in 2007. Um, and I think there was, there was called Performance. Um, and like, and I think there's, and there's like a couple of like really hard to find articles. I remember reading one years ago, and it took it took about two weeks, and I found it yesterday of this <laughs> of, a, of a Guardian art of a Guardian writer um, writing something about eight years ago about her friendship with the band and stuff, and a lot more of the background of that. And um, it doesn't go into too much detail, but they fell out with Polydor in a massive, massive way, and they got dropped. Um, and in order to kind of distance themselves, they added "we are" in brackets. To so like, and I, I don't know whether that was from trying to get around some legal stuff. I, I don't really know. Um, they recorded a, quite a lot of the songs that they recorded um, with Polydor, and self, if not self released, they re- or on a. It's either it might be a self released album. I don't really know. The, I think it's Big Time Management or something like that. I think it came out on, which I'm not entirely sure. It might be an out a record label they did. I can't remember. Um, and they released their first album. And then, um, and then a bit later on, uh, they kind of went on a slight hiatus. And again, there's not much detail about what happened, but there's kind of like apparently like massive falling outs in the between the band. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of like very obscure references to kind of like uh, into into band relationships happening. Um, and when they came back for the second album, um, there was a trio rather than the quartet. Um, and I think. Uh, Billy Marsden um, left who was actually the sister of Laura Marsden who stayed on and like and I think they came came back and I think the video for I think the, li- the living is kind of supposed to be symbolic of their fractious nature or something like that and that's what it said in the press release anyway um, so, but then they decided to rebrand themselves with performance so the first album is now under We Are Performance and the second album is now as Performance which pisses me off because as someone who is addicted to his last.fm account whenever i try and listen whenever i try and listen to um both albums or a mixture of both it comes across as two separate albums and i got around that when i had mp3s uh, where i just basically renamed the first album's performance i miss uh, renaming music so and uh, i'm ticking the compilation thing so you sharpen your artists i miss that so much spotify yeah why yes yeah so yeah so that's the kind of like background to the performance stuff and, and um but yeah that, that first album i am um, i love a lot i love so much i love that first album so much um second album i really love but the second album ha- second album is um i think it's like a mixture like a hybrid of i think demos that they had on myspace like around the same time as the first time it came out so but they recorded a lot of these albums and so i my i think the idea was that they came for the second album and got a lot of their demos and ideas they've got to try and make a second go at trying to become a, a band again. And um, I think, and as much as I, I love the second album, it's not as strong as the first one. And it's kind of like, there's a bit of, of a mix of it, a mix of different kind of song styles on there, which um, I didn't really put into the playlist that much, if I'm honest. Um, but so, yeah, but I think that first album is great. And I think from reading a lot of the reviews that was done around the time, there were, there was a lot of little small buzz around, particularly in the Manchester scene, and there was a lot of a lot of people were thinking they were going to be kind of big, and they were doing things that bands are kind of doing now. There was kind of like a decade ahead of their time. The lyrics were kind of playing with like gen, like the gender roles and stuff, which and um, particularly stuff about consent that's happening at the moment and like harassment and stuff. Um, there was like 
I think apparently there was talking stuff about that in gigs in 2007, 2008. But then I think then I think because of the interband politics and being dropped by Polydor, they got stalled and they kind of and they kind of missed their shot, which I think is a shame. I think in an alternate in an alternative world, in an alternative time, there'll be podcasts where they'll be claiming that this band was overrated. And I wish I wish I was in that. Well, I wish I was in that world. <laughs> I wish I was in that in that world. So yeah, but I, now um, you're you're in this one, and uh, unfortunately they they are underrated. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So Fran, what did you know and think? It's interesting you mentioned um, that they were called We Are, and then became performance. Because I'm a big fan of Augustines, and their first album is called We Are Augustines, and then they mm-hmm. dropped We Are. What is it with bands called We Are something dropping the the We Are for the first album, then confusing Spotify and like downloading things? Um, my question for you know uh, we mentioned is it Joe Cross or John Cross. Joseph Joe Cross, yes, Joseph Cross. Because he's now a member of the Cortinas. He's the producer. Yeah, he's a touring. I don't think he's not an official member. I don't think. I think he's he's a touring member, and he's produced. I think every album from uh, Anna onwards. Weirdness. This happened. This happened before we did um, Skid Row and Bon Jovi, and found out that they were best friends. <laughs> it was like two two random bands. Yes, I thought. But that, that, that was why you know when you said uh, Cortinas and I proposed it to Matt, he was like, "That's perfect because there is this link." <laughs> yeah, because so, because yeah. he also he also um, he also did um, the Hurts albums, mm. uh, who I I did try and get into, but I never I never got into Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I think he's pretty much the he produced both albums. So pretty much every song that they've done was produced by Joe Cross. He's kind of like the the creative director musically in terms of the band. I kind of remember this band from being in The Enemy or something. I'm, when I saw the, when I saw the videos, their image came back to me straight away because I also am a big fan of New Wave. So any band who have keyboards and a bit of swagger. I'm going to be you know, creaming myself over. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so when bands like these sort of started appearing, like Boy Cool Boy, Jules, you mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah, Jules definitely Dike- reminded me. Yeah. Yeah, the Daikinis, Bravery. When these bands came out with like playing you know, synth pop, pop riffs with guitars, I was like, yeah, oh my God, at last. Limbiscus yeah. have been kicked to the side, and again they're gonna have hands I can get into. Can I just say I I like I like a bit of Limbiscus. I know I'm the outlier on this particular podcast, but I, I don't mind a bit of it. I also like their Mission Possible theme tune, but they've done a lot of bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for all that good, they've done more bad, I believe. So yeah, so I enjoyed um, rediscovering um, performance, and yeah, I'd never heard of them. I enjoyed getting to know them because like Cortinas, it felt like nostalgic music that I'd never heard. The sound was very familiar, all the bands that you both have mentioned, but I'd never heard of them. But I'm intrigued to hear, Matt. So this playlist is your favourites with as broad a range as you can get with a band with two albums. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I think what, what I noticed and I think what I noticed, particularly as we was to, what I was, was thinking of as we was talking through the Cortinas is that they've got a stronger identity in that they don't diverge much in saying again that might just be i mean there's the two songs from red brick heart which is the second album have have a lot more of a guitar and i think has a lot more of the indie guitar side to them and that might be because they lost a member um which are probably which is probably lowered the synth then a bit but they they are kind of the same they, kind, they feel like the same band they don't feel like it's not schizophrenic it's not different kind of things again that's probably because they probably had never had the chance to explore different sounds in general but 
yeah, I think this is probably as as, as close as you probably get to a varied spectrum of uh, performance. All right, well, take us through. What was your first pick? So the playlist is pretty much chronologically through where they are in the albums. So I mean, a lot of the play, a lot of the playlist is like the first half of the album. So first album. So Vandals is the opener, which is, and and when I first re-listened to it, the first opening like synth chords of Vandals, I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'm 23 again. I'm, um, yeah, not and, 19 though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not 23 for everything either. So nobody likes you when you're 23. So yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. yeah, yeah. That's not my age again to be put onto the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, oh, thanks. That's yeah. Frank, keep that in so I remember to put it on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, but this, I mean, this, I, this was one like I think, particularly story what telling wise as well. And I think a big chunk of what I like about the band is Joe Stretch's lyrics, um, perhaps more than the sound. If I'm honest, um, this was the song that was. This was a pretty much reaction to being dropped by Polydor. So the Vandals are kind of the la- the major labels and stuff. And while it's not as dark as it get it gets in other songs, it's, there's hints of it, hints of his kind of like pessimistic view. Of, uh, of basically everything um, in this, and I, I love that. And um, there's the like, I'm, I'm a fan of tag team vocals in songs, particularly male female tag team vocals. And whilst this is pretty much the Joe Stretch show for the majority of it, I do quite like kind of like the kind of like added oomph that Laura Marsden's um, backing vocals make on pretty much every song. So yeah, so this kind of like kicks things in stuff, and I, I just I just I just love it as an opening song. If I did hear this when I was 22. I would have been in love. I mean, Matt, I don't. You, you probably don't really know my music taste very much, but it's it's a bit too melodic uh, for me. I liked his voice. I liked the timbre of his voice and the passion. And absolutely, I think we all love a bit of male female harmonising. But I wrote Fran probably liked it, and it sounds like you did. It's okay. People can be wrong. No, <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> no it's fine. there you go. See, we've turned you now. We've turned you now. Uh, this is this is what we do. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Short, sharp, shock. The kinkiest side of pop music. I, I assume it's about S and M. I mean, maybe is that? I think this is a band where you can get the surface level. You get the surface level. Goes, oh, it's about sex. It's about so and so. It's about so and so. It's about relationships and stuff, which is immediately the first thing people always usually think of. And I, I, again, I if someone told me, oh no, this is about I don't know, waiting at the supermarket. Uh, sort of like waiting in the queue for the supermarket, I probably would believe them. That said, though, short shop shock, I think is perhaps more about self-destructive hab- habits of um of like going for things that you know is probably gonna hurt you in the long run, and just and using the more using the more extreme example of um recent references to make that point. I really like this song. I thought it was a great start. I was like on board immediately. I loved his yelping, the synths, the hand claps, and again, the backing vocals. And I think on first listen, it sounded a bit disjointed in a similar way to Cortina's where I was like, what's going on? But actually by the end of it, I immediately wanted to listen to it again. And then like, I felt like I kind of got it. I can't tell if the backing vocals are annoying <gasps> a bit. What? Sorry. Whoa, Whoa. This is very anti. Like you, you're normally one for male female harmonising. No, I am usually. I'm usually. I put down that I think this would be a good song if Garbage had performed mm. it. Yeah, I just thought it would fit them a bit more. I don't. I don't know why. I, I, I heard Garbage. I think the kind of obscurity of the band has probably made me kind of self mythologicalize the band onto some sort of pedestal. Which, to be fair, I don't care. 
Um, <laughs> I don't care if I have or not. But um, I don't know. I can't. I can't see garbage. Listen, well, yeah, you have to listen to it again now. With, uh, but I mean, what like uh, androgyny garbage, Fran? Uh, no, the second oh, album, okay. like, like the synth sounds and sort of the spiky guitar. I, I sort of had memories of garbage. Maybe putting putting it off. I keep you crazy. I mean, you know, Matt's heard it a lot more than I have. Let's moving on to surrender. Is that? their big anthem surrender it feels like that's their big hit is that i have no idea which ones would be there it's the one with the most plays on spotify quite possibly then but um but again yeah again at this point this point because this game this is like the third song in the playlist and the third song in the album um and by this point you probably you'll get an idea of what the band is and what they sound like and then it's just time to kind of capitalize on the ideas and stuff and if if sure shop shock was more about the kind of like destructive kind of like non-emotional side of relationships um the more physical side or the self-destructive physical side this one's about the self-destructive emotional side and does it with a slightly darker side like a, a well a slightly i say darker lower synths um in it stuff and again does it with such a great chorus and other, as someone as someone who has a massive soft spot for kind of kind of like synthy pop stuff um anything with a catchy chorus will grab me in straight away but yeah but it's, it was just a bit too poppy for me i think the course the course was just a little bit too poppy but obviously, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But yeah, don't, don't, uh, obviously, I don't want to break your heart because I know how much you love that song. But um... uh, yes, I thought it reminded me of the Killers. Again, that's the that's the vibe that I got. So again, Fran, surprised that um, you thought it was a bit too catchy. I liked it, but I didn't save it to my library. So it's one of those where, like, I wasn't indifferent to it. Like, sometimes I can be, but I was like, all right. Yeah, I, I think it, it helped me get a measure on the band. It made... It made some sense to me that it was their biggest hit, even though I much preferred Short Shop Shop. So, uh, so yeah. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not my favourite of theirs. I'm not saying that. So, I think the next song is my favourite of theirs. Is that a shock? No, because it's one of mine as well. It's pro- it's not my favourite. The it's my second favourite from the album. There's one more song I love more than this one, but I love this song. It's the <laughs> it's when, when I when I attempt when I was when I got acoustic guitar and was starting to learn it. Um, at the one at one point where I decided, oh, if if I ever attempt to get the courage to attempt album mics or something, I need a cover, and this is the song that I learned. Because <laughs> this is a song, so yeah, covering a song. <laughs> Let's that no cover one a song about of. a nuclear winter. This is the perfect one. <laughs> again, I think it's a metaphor. <laughs> yes, I think that again, this is me going to this mm-hmm. is get, going to the lyric side of stuff where um, I pers- I think this is more about depression or um, low self esteem more than anything. Um, and somehow making it feel like <laughs> relating it to a nuclear winter, which is so live journal, it's ridiculous. I thought, yeah, I think the best song I've heard, obviously I've only heard the 10 so far. I'm sad that it wasn't the theme tune to the TV show a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was what a comeback that would have been. Um, this time, yeah. I love the backing vocals. I love the little section they have after each, each chorus. Um, I like the little touches, the little... Um, he doesn't yelp as much as well, vocally it's got a different way, slightly um, more relaxed way of singing. And it kind of reminded me of a band called The Departure. Yes, it's all mapped out. Yep. Be My Enemy. You know when I, you know when I saw um, The Killers? They were the first band that came on, The Departure. Yeah, I can't remember a bloody thing about them. Be Your Enemy was their like, one sort of crossover hit, I think, for The Departure. Uh, sorry, guys, but this was not one that I liked. Um, I put that I can appreciate the bridge and uh, I like how vulnerable... His voice sounds that definitely comes through. And when I went to look at the lyrics, I was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely some kind of applications to today's circumstances where he says, there are screens within this mess. There are screens at which I've stared. I will run to you and kiss you with a mask around my mouth. And I was like, yep, 
that's probably all we can do these days as well. You know, it's not just Chernobyl. I I'm not going I'm not going into too much detail because it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> it's no, but I I kind of that second put that second part where guys everybody's laughing what they they laugh about. There are, there's so much about that I relate to. Just like it's just it's it's like me. Um, but now there there are elements of that which kind of like and kind of remind me particularly me at like sixteen to. 16 to 22, um, like really the mopey, mopey Matt years, I shall refer to them as. The next track is my second favourite song, which is Freeze. And I put it down, this is a great, this is a great chorus. I love the synths, love the buzzing guitars. This could have been a hit if it was given a push. Why wasn't it? Again, this, this, again, this is like kind of like, you hear songs like Freeze, and then when you hear people saying that these should have been a bit bigger than they ever was, or given at least mm. a proper chance... I think this is Freeze is one of those songs that it's again it's not my favorite. I mean, we're not getting get to my favorite soon, uh, but yeah, this is another song where I'm like, this band should have been. This is like one of those songs that they probably should have been playing indie discos instead of not 19 Forever. Um, but I mean, there's not even a video for this, so they never even thought it was a, it was a single. I know, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, and again, and again, I mean, due to the playlist, due to the playlist, we are still technically in the order so this is the fifth song in the playlist this is the fifth song in the album so you are listening to like half the album and i do promise you that we're skipping a few tracks next so um but yeah no this one the, the chorus i love it there's there's the um there's the bit afterwards where like uh, it kicks into the chorus again and it's uh, and then the backing vocals come in again uh, I, I just i love this song because it's got a cracking chorus that means that babs uh, so i will just briefly say i was a bit indifferent to this one it Again, reminded me of the killers, <laughs> and we can move on to the next one because, yeah, I think you guys, you guys like it, and you've uh, you made a case. Hey, Babs, there's a lot more bands before the killers. You had a keyboard. <laughs> can't always. Yeah, but, but honestly, that is what you know. You know, I. It's not just a convenient shortcut. Like it, it genuinely reminded me of Hot Fuss, like Hot Fuss Killers, because mm. that to me is the only killers I know. Because, as is well documented, that's the only album I've listened to in full and like. A, a lot of the second album there's a, I mean I mean there's 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 a song on hit there's a song on the playlist in the second album which is very much I've seen people say oh it's the killer's light which I can kind of see but there are a lot more kind of killers influenced stuff on the second album but the hot fuss style killers which and again hot fuss is one of my favorite albums so I'm, you can imagine um Polidor saying to them right make it more like the killers you can imagine that can't you really because you know they were the, yeah. the biggest band in the world at the time yeah, but I, th- I, th- I think, it, but I, th- I think he's got a, a more darker view of the world than Brandon Flowers has. I yeah, think. So uh... I, mean, I, I did, I did say that. I, I said people may say that they would be like the Killers, but I, d- I feel like they're a bit too, I don't know, self-aware, normal. To be killers. Yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, Brandon Flowers looks like he's a he's a pop star. You can imagine him. You know, that's what divides the killers from other bands because he just looks like a, a pop star, and it's and there's not many pop stars around. And weird performance look like, you know, just some mates who are on stage. And I think maybe it doesn't hold some of these bands back because they just don't have that X factor. Unfortunately, I mean, you can write good songs, but Brian the Flowers does have X factor, which is why there's so many bands who sound like the Killers, but are never going to be the Killers. Is that fair? Is that fair? I've not seen him in interviews. I don't know how charismatic he is, but seeing him on the videos and live, the bands just don't look like a global superstar band. Well, I mean, if, if you're saying that they had lots of issues as well, like they're not going to be a cohesive unit, maybe in the same way that the. I mean, I I really don't know much about the Killers, but it's yeah, is it the same lineup. Or? Well, they've had a lot, a lot of issues, <laughs> but um, because yeah, I mean, again, we mentioned it, but this listening to this band really reminded me of Jewels, of you know 
two albums in similar time periods. Okay, the second album wasn't that different from, from the first album in the same way, but you're kind of like, surely, surely they should have been bigger. Um, but yeah, but moving on to Lost Youth. Okay, so this isn't this is track seven, so we're skipping a track finally <laughs> in the first album. This this is possibly my favourite We Are Performance song. So I put that when it started, I didn't think I would like it, but the drum machine pulled me in and the way that he repeats you knew it all along at the end won me over. So by the end I was like, Yes, I like this song. The 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 first because it's there's two kind of like two kind of four line refrains he can repeat at the end. We're getting to about three minutes in and that's when he does the um, you knew it all along section when he starts repeating that for a better minute and then he kicks in with the other one and it ends with only you can make me bleed and that just carries on until the end and stuff and it just keeps building on afterwards and th- there's there's just like a very kind of like dark like subtext to <laughs> quite very unsubtle dark lyrics like it opens up with the line they found they caught me dead with you in the morning it grabs you anyway so uh i put down strangely because you mentioned this that I can imagine the Human League covering this as a comeback single. Yes, I can see that. And you, and you said that they supported the Human League, did they? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, ne- I never got to see that, I, I, which I never saw. <laughs> and yeah, th- those two refrains, those last two minutes have, have just remained in my head rent-free for nearly 14, for 13, 14 years. So like, so occasionally, like, I'll go, like, there's... I knew it all along, and it, it just and that would just be in my head and stuff. And then like if I if I'm really feeling really down, it's like only you can make me bleed. Babs, what, what do you think? Well, yeah. So I I was one over with, with Lost Youth. I was I was one over um by by the end of it. But it it wasn't one of my favorites. The next one was one of my favorites. So Sex etc. Uh, I really liked it because I think you'll guess, Fran. There's a prominent baseline. So if there's a prominent baseline, of course I'm gonna like it. I liked the quirky percussion. I think there's a triangle in there, which is almost jarring, but somehow works. Um, I like the synth sounds. And from the title, so, okay, firstly, there's Love, Etc. by Pet Shop Boys. But be- because it's sex, etc. I don't know. I thought it was going to be a bit grungier. It really wasn't at all what I expected from the title. And when I went to look at the lyrics, I was like, oh, right, this, it, it kind of, it pleasantly threw me, this one. Fran? I thought he sounds like a... Uh... Robert Smith from The Cure in this song. Okay. Yeah, I can see. I can, yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. yeah. I thought had a great um, synth riff. The chorus didn't do it for me, unfortunately. It's it, yeah. I expect to see more from the chorus. See, again, I, I love the chorus. I, I quite love. The, I mean, I say I like majority of these. Well, majority all the, all the songs off this album anyway. But um, again, this is like this is track ten out of twelve tracks. So um, I think a lot more of my favorite tracks are in the in the in the first half of the album. But um, this one's my favourite out of the second half anyway. There's just like, a again, it's the, I mean, it's one of the few that are, aside from the lyrics, I actually listen to the instrumentation as well. It does sound like a lot of the others, but there's still elements to it which seem unique to that song again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I personally, I love the chorus. I quite love the chorus. I, I quite like some of the kind of random weird tangents that are like, where you, in particular in the lyrics as well, where you've got kind of weird kind of just random ideas that throw up in a storytelling like the the races running supermarkets that entertain the dirty minded stuff and i still do say don't fully i can never get a full comprehension of what he might be meaning when he with those two lines in that but yeah do we know who wrote the music is it him or is it does, does i think he did lyrics i i think it might have been Cro- joe cross i think i mean again i 
I don't have a physical copy of the first album because there was only 500 ever made and like it's just nowhere I've got mm. a copy of the second one um which and I th- a lot they just a lot of it is just written by performance written by performance produced by Jay Cross um wow. mixed by the people um yeah mixed by a few other people but I, I I can I can't figure out I, I my understanding was be that Joe Stretch was mainly the lyrics a lot of the music was Joe Cross and Laura Marsden but it could be just a mixture of all three but I, I judging judging by the the lyrical content I I probably would not be surprised if it was Stretch doing all the writing for the lyrics I just wanted to add that it felt quite epic I thought it was quite an epic song um, and I enjoyed it yeah I, if 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 I was to this is what the song that if I was to make like uh, I've always I've always thought of like if you someone made like a movie soundtrack of your life, this Lost Youth would be on on that um, on that. It's probably the it's, yeah and and it's probably the only song by them I put on there. That, but that's mainly me being really weird about having more than one song or <laughs> from the same artist on there. But uh, like I, I've definitely thought about the soundtrack of my life and I've definitely thought about the funeral. But because I haven't written it down and I my short term memory is appalling. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 that, I, yeah. I've I've known and I've known what song it's been since I bought the single on CD when I was ten, I think. Which is kind of weird for a ten-year-old wow. to think, but prepared. yeah, I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember looking and going, "Oh yeah, if you get this, this play at my funeral, those fuckers are gonna cry." Um, but yeah, which is the Universal by Blur. But I have no idea. I just want that played at my funeral for some reason. Yeah, it's a bustle. It's it's a great it's yeah. a great song. It's a great song. I, I used to always say I wanted a birdie song and make people do the actions. <laughs> or oh, Agadu, push pineapple, yes. shake the tree. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was that was a that was a fun touch. Right. <laughs> I'm back to uh yeah. to uh performance yeah. second album. <laughs> we have the living, which I believe was a single. Yes, it? this is so. This is uh track three. So the living, I think. I think this was supposed to be the the first single from the album, and I think from what I can remember, it was perhaps one of the ones that wasn't. It's one of the ones that didn't feel like it was a demo that was re-recorded. So this was kind of like, and I think a lot of it was kind of based on um, what was happening with the band at the time as well. This is this is this is the one that I when I was reading when like when blogs were coming out on Hype Machine, some of the criticisms were saying this is the one that sounds like the killers and stuff. And I kind of get that. This is this one this one seems to have the balance between the synths and the guitars seems to have shifted from the first album. Whereas the first album you'd say it's probably synth pop with indie elements in it. This one seems to be like indie ele- indie with synth elements in it. The second album is kinda of like that. There are kind of songs where it kind of changes. So you can kind of see them start to explore the more indie like the fuzzy guitar side of stuff but um but yeah i mean this again this is one song that's kind of like different like live rent free in my head as well i love the chorus i also i i and the line that's always stuck with me is the um you had the best night it's up on your website um which which i think it's a couple of years after it's a couple of years after i first like cause i joined facebook in like 2007 2008 and there was a time where like if you'd gone out, if you'd gone out on the piss or drinking or you go to club stuff, everyone's like, "Oh, you take like they'll be the person taking pictures of the night," um, and then thirty photos out of focus with a flash in the middle and red eyes. Thirty yeah. pff, amateurs. I'm talking about hundreds. <laughs> but yeah, but that um, all on it's you had the best night. It's all on your website and that kind of like idea. That's always just stuck with me in terms of like how people kind of like had that kind of thing. 
Did you enjoy it, Babs? It's another one that grew on me. So it's it's very similar to Lost You for me in that I didn't really like it at the beginning. And he repeats, I am only the living over and over again. I don't know what it is so with this one. And actually with the next one, by the end of it, I have a different opinion from the beginning. I think they use repetition very well. Uh, and I I quite like repetition in a song. Yeah. What about you, Fran? See, I, I preferred Reptile off to two from this album. Um I think Reptile had a bit more to it. It is quite glossy, and I can see why people were saying like they're going for a bigger feel. Like I, I do definitely prefer the early work than this. Yeah, and and Reptile slightly preferred it. I, I, I kind of prefer the chorus to Reptile. Yeah, I prefer Reptile as well, but uh, I put that the chorus was too melodic for my liking. I love Reptile. When you read into the lyrics, it's actually quite dark, quite 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 darker and. More of his darker stuff, where like, um, and the bit that's always the bit that kind of stays in my head is the kind of middle eight bit where he goes, There are pieces of you turquoise and twisted down the side of my bed. And I've dreading to think of all the boys that you've kissed since blowing a hole in my head, which is 22, 22 year old Matt. <laughs> I was like, Oh dear, I was like, 22 year old Matt. I was like, This this guy's like, this guy's a visionary poet and stuff. Which 35 year old Matt was like, If that was released now, that probably would have been a bit iffy, <laughs> a bit yes, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, it's, it's another thing we have ever common with Liam Frey, isn't it? The creepy lyrics for both bands. Yeah, but the, again, there's a, there's a strange self awareness in the song that he kind of knows what he's to, what he's singing. It's the kind of mindset that people probably know they've had that kind of mentality in their head, no matter how much they're trying to deny. They've had those kind of like, kind of weird, like obscure thoughts. Dark thoughts. Yeah, dark thoughts that it's the it's the everyone's a little bit racist kind of thing from Avenue Q, where people. Have, you can't. The people can't help, but they had those micro aggressions that they, like they hate having. It's that kind of stuff, and I think it's that kind of thing. I think in that in that song as well. And again, I love the chorus. That chorus. The the, the, the first line leading to the chorus was "I'm heading for a breakdown," and then it kicks in with. The, I love that. I I love that bit. So what's the what's the uh, the reasoning behind the last track? Is that, is that a big side? Is that just a show of a different side for them? The one that I wanted to, wanted to pick was not on Spotify, which is a song called Love Life. Um, but the video is on YouTube and it's it's one of their very early songs. And there's the term Love Life, uh, the way it sings, you can take it in two ways. As I want I want to love life, as in I want to enjoy life, whatever, whatever. Or also as 23-year-old Saddle Matt thought, because I want a love life and stuff. But, uh, Moby Matt, come on. Yeah. Let's use Moby Matt. But yeah, so um, the short, short Sharp Shock um, was released as an EP. So this was released in 2006. I think this was just after they got dumped by Polydor. But um, yeah, so there's quite a f- there's about four songs on this. And this is the last one on there. If I'm honest, apart from Love Life, a lot of their kind of like one-off EP B-side stuff kind of passed me by. I think mainly because I'm someone who likes, who will kind of sit down and listen to an album rather than like random songs and stuff and i think and even now even in the year of spotify you you've remained an album man yeah yeah i mean i i mean it's only been like recently where i'm perhaps trying to when i'm trying when i'm trying to experiment in the idea of like oh my god this this song this person who just sang this song is different from the other person that sang that song i just listened to um so yeah i'm, I'm not much of a kind of like random stuff like, I, I i quite like the idea of like having something listened to as a whole which if like game pick a disc um i quite like the idea of analyzing an album as a whole i was really listening to this and like okay this is this is the one i think I, I remember being liking the most other than love life um and then i was really listening to it, i'm like actually you know what i still like this <laughs> and i and again i'm like i was probably like and i was listening to it going 
I am really struggling to hate anything about this band. So I, I, I was fully expecting to go, this, this is the one I put in just to fill out the discography. But I was there going, no, no, this is building up. I really like the last minute of this. It kind of builds up and ends really nicely. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Matt. <laughs> I struggled massively with this song. I have barely finished it. And I've, I've tried four times. It sounds like shit psyched up at first. Even with the saxophone. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it really annoys me. It really annoys me. I'm sorry. But guess what, um, Fran? Luckily, luckily, it's the B-side. So. Guess what, Fran? This was my favourite song. <laughs> Who is surprised? So, um, this wasn't on Belgian Spotify, Matt. Uh, but I I have it on Spotify that it shows me the, the hidden tracks. It is on YouTube. It was only uploaded in November 2020, and it only had 14 views okay. when, I, when, I, when I went there today. I loved it. I thought it was really moody, really evocative. Even the title, Architecture and Police, like, you know, it's a bit abstract, but not that much, really. I thought it was wonky in a really good way. And I really like, because I think it's the only song on this list, the isolated female vocals at the end. And I really wish, actually, that the female vocalist had had a bit more time to sing. But as much as I, like, I love his voice. I think his voice is fantastic. It's really raw and vulnerable. Um, I like that he sings with his accent, and you can you can hear it. But this one left me wanting a bit more. No, this is this was my favorite by quite some margin. I don't think I got to the female vocal. Ah, there, see, there we go. Yeah, I think it's it's quite a slow build up, and I was like, and I was fully prepared. I mean, to like just say it was it's it's the fill it's the fillers it's the filler tracks. Yeah, well see, but there. it's my favorite, which again happens sometimes. But yeah, so I was quite surprised that for a, a song that I don't really listen to that much, I was like, yeah, I, I still like this. I still like this. I, I, I can't remember much of the lyrics from it because I can't remember the last time I listened to it properly. But Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I didn't look up the lyrics but from when I, I was listening to it. It's kind of, yeah, being in a city, basically being in a city and, and handling it. And that's totally the vibe that you get from the music if you if you if you want to say if you wanted more of the female vocal i recommend giving trying to find kissing kiss in cities as in not kissing mm. as in kiss in cities in. yeah i think it's colors and satellites that are on youtube but there's another song uh which might be randomly loaded called you are my girl which is really good as well so it might be too melodic though so so um babs Fran. We are performance over or underrated. I think underrated. Yeah, I think for how unknown they are, how like Matt is punching the air. Um, they are so unknown. They are so mysterious. Like I think I found that B- there was a BBC article that I found, or they would like a BBC sound or something like that. I read that. Yeah. yeah, it really for me it's the same same opinion as Jules. Of yes, they were totally an, a band of the era that they existed in but should have been bigger they they should have been bigger so yes matt i am i'm totally with you there fran well i like seven out of ten songs so therefore and they are underrated there we go big up we are performance and uh they're still quite young i mean they could still come back who knows this podcast could change their lives So, Matt, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Oh, no, thank you for having me and shattering my uh, my public persona of being nice. <laughs> and <laughs> where can our audience find you? Well, they can find me on the internet. Yeah, so you can find Pick a Disc uh, on pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, so, uh, so basically, type in Pick a Disc um, and you should find it. We're on the We Made This Network. Um, 
like a like a network of growing growing network of um some of my friends who do other podcasts as well which are probably worth checking out um but yeah so if you wanted to follow if you wanted to kind of like stalk me on the internet web so you can find me on um instagram facebook or twitter um under pick a disc um i'm probably most active on instagram um to be honest i'm also but then you can also follow me on twitter as well um so yeah and just follow me and basically i don't ask for much just download all the episodes listen to them at least twice and then decide and then if you dislike me listen to them a third time so i don't ask for much yeah so <laughs> pick a disc is it is what it says on the tin so matt picks an album or a guest picks an album and and you go through it i guested on an episode and talked about future perfect by autolux so obviously we would recommend checking that out and go follow matt and listen to matt thank you very much no problem thank you for having me see you everyone that's it for another episode of over underrated what did you think get in touch to let us know you can find us on twitter at ou music pod on instagram at over underrated music pod and on gmail you can email us over underrated music pod at gmail.com it looks like the train's coming to a halt now and i'm gonna be getting off in manchester having some chips and gravy oh god i don't know any northern stereotypes i apologize in advance and i'm gonna sign off now goodbye (laughs) 